Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Forward Maryland. Today is Thursday, October 17th, 2019. My name is Bill Woodcock, and here's what's on my mind. I'd like to take the opportunity first to, again, promote Sunday's big show uh, with my co-host, Jason Booms. We will be interviewing Scott Ewart of Scotty's blog and Scotty software fame. Uh, Scott has been extremely participative and observant of the um, redistricting issue going on in Howard County, Maryland. And uh, of course, uh, many of you may have seen that there is a lot of local and even national press lately about uh, the school redistricting um, situation going on in Howard County. Uh, the uh, superintendent's plan and the, uh, the opposition to the plan, the proponency of the plan, uh, pretty much all things relevant to the plan. So uh, Jason and I and Jason and Scott and I will be uh, chatting on Sunday morning and that podcast will not quite be live, but will be uh, available for uh, listening short, shortly thereafter. And I would expect a spirited, uh, intense discussion and who knows where it might go um, into uh, other issues that are relevant to education, such as development, transportation, affordable housing, uh, who knows what. Uh, Also, another thing we're going to talk about on the uh, podcast on Sunday, um, you know, what are our responsibilities um, as I won't really say citizen journalists, but uh, citizen commentators, uh, citizen observers, and people who put themselves out into the public sphere and uh, comment and observe and report on those things that they see. You know, what are our obligations? There certainly has been a lot of uh, uncivil behavior uh, with respect to this issue. And so what responsibilities do we have as citizen commentators to um, uphold uphold uh, what's proper and what is proper and what is right? So as, as I just mentioned, a lot of topics um, coming up this Sunday morning. Uh, your Sunday morning uh, civics lessons and uh, catching up on issues will not be complete if you don't listen to the latest edition of Forward Maryland. And uh, so for the brunt of this evening, and this will not be a very long podcast tonight, um, I'd like to talk about um, and, and offer sympathy, condolences to the family and loved ones of the late Congressman Elijah Cummings. Uh, from Maryland's 7th Congressional District, which stretches from West Baltimore uh, through Western uh, Baltimore County and in through, um, I believe now, most of Howard County, uh, large parts of Columbia and uh, Ellicott City and uh, even parts west. And uh, he's, you know, Congressman Cummings has been a uh, the congressman for this district for 20 years, and uh, he passed away earlier this morning of complications due to other health concerns he'd suffered over the last few years. Um, I met Congressman Cummings when he was a member of the State House of Delegates, a very robust man, 
Uh, I was president of the Young Democrats of Maryland at the time and uh, had uh, cut my teeth in the Young Democrats of Johns Hopkins and of Howard County. And, uh, you know, I would say that Congressman Cummings was one of three West Baltimore African-American men of letters in the Maryland House of Delegates. The other two um, being uh, Ken Montague, Delegate Ken Montague from Baltimore City and Delegate Pete Rawlings. Um, he truly was, um, you know, he was a, the type of African-American public servant who um, knew what it was like to come up from humble beginnings uh, as delegates Rawlings and Montague also did, uh, knew what it was like to be poor, knew what it was like to fight, uh, knew what, was, what it was like to be inspired by the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, and, uh, you know, came of age in that generation of African-American leadership after Thurgood Marshall, um, but still there was plenty of trail to blaze. And Congressman Cummings and these other men, these other gentlemen, uh, surely blazed that trail and made the way easier for coming generations of African-American leaders. And that's by no means to say that the path is so easy. It definitely is not. And my word, they definitely did not have a, uh, a easy path. Uh, but Congressman Cummings um, rose uh, further and higher than uh, his two colleagues and uh, eventually became a member of Congress. Uh, he always has been a uh, personable man, a jovial man, a uh, man who uh, knows his city and knows his community and knows where he lives. And uh, that's, that's not easy to do. Uh, it's certainly not easy to, I mean, it's, it's, it has its difficulties when you're a, a state representative, a state delegate or senator. I mean, you know, these folks who represent us now in the Maryland General Assembly wherever you're from, um, you know, these folks, yeah, it's a 90-day session, but they are busy all the time. Uh, they are always going from one event to another, doing one thing to another. Um, they are always hopping. Uh, they are working 365 days a year. Um, you know, and, and uh, to be a congressperson and have that, that's a lot tougher. I mean, not only do you have responsibilities in Washington, but you have responsibilities in your district. You have multiple jurisdictions that you serve. You cover uh, a number of state legislative districts, uh, you know, local legislatures, county councils, city council of Baltimore City, and uh, just, you know, many, many, many things competing for your time. And uh, Congressman Cummings has always had time for the people of his district. Um, he was always a very caring, uh, very committed, very energetic, uh, very earnest champion uh, for the state of Maryland and especially for the city of Baltimore. He's very genuine, uh, an original, and um, 
you know, I have to admit in, in the last several years of his life, it, it was a little sad uh, to see the congressman who I remember as being a, a, a robust, uh, portly soul, um, you know, become a little bit frail. Uh, the wrinkles grow a little bit deeper in his face and, um, you know, his health condition became such that he uh, needed a walker to get around uh, some of the times. But, you know, he never lost that energy. He never lost that vigor. Um, you know, and he would make you feel bad about yourself because, you know, here you are uh, nursing your little aches and pains. And here this man comes in uh, on a walker and instantly commands a room of 300. Um, yeah, yeah. It kind of makes you realize that your little problems aren't that bad. So uh, rest in peace, Elijah Cummings. You have been a kind and faithful servant. You have done good for the uh, lives of, of many millions of people around you who will never know what you've done for them. So uh, thank you very much uh, for your service. And uh, thank you to his family for, uh, you know, his parents and, and uh his wife, the state Democratic Party chair, Maya Cummings, Maya Rocky Moore Cummings, um, for uh, bringing us the gift of Elijah for all these years. Uh, as will happen, of course, there will be speculation about what happens now with the 7th Congressional District. Um, going to stay away from that for right now. Uh, I frankly would not be surprised to see uh, Mrs. Cummings uh, gain that seat. Uh, I believe there will be a quite a contest, uh, especially since the 2020 election is, you know, a free shot for any state legislator who may want to jump in and uh, give it a go. And of course, they will have to raise federal dollars, get up a separate uh, campaign account, you can't transfer uh you know, state money, you can't use money raised from a state election for a federal campaign. And uh, we will see, but I would be surprised if there were any fewer than a dozen serious Democratic candidates. Um, and frankly, I, I would be thinking that there would be people from all parts of the district uh, running. And I... Uh, I have my eye on a couple people from Howard County and what are they doing, uh, but who knows? Uh, but it is extremely early to talk about this. Um, you know, the man has not even had his memorial service, his funeral yet. So, um, you know, there's enough time for politics, um, but, you know, we can talk about that later. Um, another topic I just want to touch on briefly, uh, the Democratic debate. Um, I am going to give my co-host Jason Boone some props because I think the winner of that, I think there are two winners of that, and uh, I'm not too ashamed to admit that my horse came in second, uh, but I think Mayor Pete Buttigieg was the big winner of that debate. Um, he was poised, he uh, was sharp in what he had to say and was capable in defending himself. He was the only candidate who was producing anything akin to what one would call a new vision uh, for our nation. 
And, um, you know, I have to I have to say I was very impressed by his strategy. Mayor Pete came out and said that he was going to criticize Senator Warren on her health care proposal, that she doesn't have any way to fund it. And he was, you know, going to, uh, you know, he got into a little uh, Twitter spat with Beto O'Rourke, which then carried over into the debate. I mean, he was like that football coach who said, this is our playbook and we're going to run it and you got to stop it. And they couldn't stop it. So uh, I, I think that was very strong. Uh, second, I think, would be Senator Amy Klobuchar, uh, who, as I've said, is my personal candidate in this race. Uh, hopefully this can give her the springboard needed to continue uh, to the next debate. Uh, we will see. Uh, she apparently has to get three polls, um, you know, of a certain over a certain level to qualify for the next debate. We will see. Um, you know, third, bringing in the show. I'm not sure. Uh, I would say that uh, I would say that Vice President Biden did a capable job. I think Senator Warren did a capable job. Um, I think Senator Sanders did okay. Um, there was not really anybody else who stood out uh, as that third candidate. Um, I think Tulsi Gabbard, you know, the addition of the two additional candidates from last time, uh, I think Tulsi Gabbard was impactful. Uh, I'm not sure if she was impactful in a way that would be better for her or if uh, she's taken over the Marianne Williamson spot of who's this lady at the end who's saying odd things. Um, and Tom Steyer, uh, you know, he had a plaid tie, but, uh, Andrew Yang being there for the first few debates kind of stole his thunder, um, in terms of the, uh, people who were completely forgettable and it's probably time for them to think about something else. Uh, I'm going to go with the two entries from the state of Texas. Um, I think, uh, former HUD secretary Castro was disappointing. And um, I'm not sure why former Congressman O'Rourke is, is still in this race. I think Beto O'Rourke should be running for the United States Senate from the state of Texas. And uh, he would be a terrific candidate for that and would probably win that seat. So uh, maybe that's a thing he will still consider. I don't know. Uh, but what I will consider or will ask you, the loyal listener, to consider is that this podcast is... At an end. Uh, congratulations to the um, National League champion Washington Nationals. Uh, I predict uh, a Nationals Astros World Series, uh, which uh, which will be something to watch. So, um, so uh, two great teams pitching. Of course, the Yankees still have something to say about that, but uh, I'm, I'm I don't see the Yankees going to the World Series. So. Uh, will there be forward Maryland from the World Series? Who knows? Uh, only time will tell. But tonight we are at an end. So this is Bill Woodcock signing off. You have been listening to Forward Maryland. Have a great night. Take care. <laughs>